Again, happy Mother's Day to all the moms. And um, I wanted to share this picture. Um, this is me with my mom on Mother's Day 2004. And um, she's in heaven now, but I wanted you to see how beautiful she was. And, um, and she would have loved meeting you all, and you would have loved her. She was awesome. She was my awesome mom. And as you can see, I'm, I'm really adventurous with my hairstyles over the years, aren't I? <laughs> Same hair. I need my friends to encourage me to try something new. Okay, so um, thank you again for asking me to share. Um, as I prayed about a topic, I felt that the Lord guided me to a, a subject that is not exclusively about mothers, but um, I hope that this message will still be a blessing. Amen? Amen. Okay, um, let's go to the next slide. I just love that background that I think Lisa Ray picked that. It's so pretty. Thank you, Lisa. Um, iron sharpens iron, how God uses friendship to restore broken lives. Um, so I thought I might start by sharing a little bit just about myself. Um, I moved to Cambridge in 1997. I was raised here in Massachusetts, but I was a non-churchgoer at the time, um, so when I was growing up, we attended a mainline church for part of my childhood, but uh, I didn't join a church when I became an adult. And then um, eventually around the age of 28, I, I sensed God calling me, and I, I found my way to a few churches, and um, one church in particular really hit me hard. I had, I had such a powerful experience that... Um, I did not go back. <laughs> um, I cried. I didn't know anybody there. I, I was just flabbergasted by, I guess what I didn't know was, you can get flabbergasted by the Holy Spirit, and I didn't know that. That wasn't like the church that I grew up in, so I thought something was weird and I didn't go back. <sighs> but I'll, I'll come back to that, but for the moment... Um, I just want to talk about two people in the Bible that I've really been drawn to lately. Um, Elijah the prophet, who is, of course, a major Bible celebrity, for those of you who know, and uh, in contrast, um, an anonymous young mom, a widow from a little town called Zarephath. So their story began during a drought that the Lord had brought down upon the kingdom of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. Um, King Ahab was an Israelite, but he was not worshiping Yahweh. He was worshiping Baal and some other gods. Um, so Yahweh spoke through the prophet Elijah to break the news to him about the drought. And, of course, they didn't like that. Uh, so God hid Elijah in the wilderness. And you may know the story, especially kids um, in Sunday school, we learned about how Elijah was feeding, being fed by ravens and he drank the fresh water from the brook. So he was getting, like, 
protein and water and eating meat twice a day. Most people didn't do that then. So that, this was, he was being well cared for by the Lord, okay? But when the brook dried up, God told Elijah it was time to go and be nurtured by somebody, another person, not by animals, but by a person. So go to the town of Zarephath, and there you're going to meet a widow, and she's going to provide food and drink for you. I've actually already talked to her, and she's expecting you. So let's go to the next slide. We're going to read the story of how they met. Okay, 1 Kings chapter 17. Okay. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, remember, this is the drought, this is a famine, Uh, Would you please bring me a cup of water? As she was going to get it, he called to her, Bring me a bite of bread, too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God, your God, that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I, I only have a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of my jug. So I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I are going to die. So Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go ahead and cook that last meal, but bake me a little loaf of bread first, and then afterward there will still be enough food for you and your son. But this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be plenty of flour and oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did, as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her son continued to eat from her supply of flour and oil for many days. For no matter how much they used, there was always enough. (laughs) There was always enough left in the containers just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Amen. <laughs> so, all right. So later in the story, we learn that not only did she provide him with food and water, but she ended up giving him her upstairs guest room for what sounds like several weeks or months. Um, and then Elijah was having an experience of being welcomed that Jesus would speak of later in Matthew 25. For when I was a stranger, you invited me into your home. I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. As I did research on this passage in 1 Kings, I found out, actually, that the widow's village was a pagan community. Okay, In fact, she recognizes Elijah right away as being different from her being an Israelite, when she first speaks to him and answers his request for food, she says the words, I swear by the Lord your God. Okay, so interestingly, the name Elijah means the Lord is my God. So she was almost echoing his own name. Elijah is probably not that excited about God's pick of the village that he was sent to, right? So this was Baal country. These are Jezebel's people. These are the very people he had been avoiding. And now God was putting him in the home of one of them. So these two are contrasting characters for sure, right? So the story goes on, and there are some obvious and outstanding miracles that happen. Everything in the short story foreshadows the coming of Jesus later. And this is why biblical scholars really love this story. Elijah the prophet is the, the major prophet 
capital P prophet who is going to usher in the Messiah later. And we can see from this story some major miracles. We see multiplication of food, which we just read about, and then later in the story there's going to be a resurrection of the dead. So what I found compelling, though, reading this story is the unsung miracle, and that is the miracle of the friendship between Elijah and the young mom. These are two contrasting characters, okay, but maybe they had something in common. Maybe they both had broken lives. At this point in time, it looks like Elijah doesn't have many friends. Many of the prophets were killed. Okay. So he was always on the run and hiding alone. So even though he was a man of God, maybe he had a broken life because of loneliness. We know later he's going to have some other companions, but right now he's lonely. At the moment Elijah shows up, this young mom had a broken life, clearly. Husband dead, only one tiny meal left for her and her baby. I'm guessing she was disillusioned and angry. After all, Baal was not making the rain come and she and her son were beyond hungry. They were about to starve to death. Her gods were a major disappointment, to say the least. So Baal was one of many gods that pagans worshipped. Okay, so paganism is just worshipping of many gods, and that encompasses a lot of different religions. He was, he was a fertility god who had the body of a human man and the head of a bull. Okay, in this agrarian society, fertility equals success. Okay, so if your crops are watered, if your livestock are reproducing, if you have a big family, that's success. So Baal um, actually demanded blood from his people, and in return, he would give them rain. So this was a transactional relationship. There wasn't love. He wasn't the healer. <laughs> um, so... Um, he took blood in exchange for his success. But this time, no matter what the people were doing to try to appease him, Baal could not produce rain. He was powerless next to Yahweh. This was a fight in the spiritual realm between two gods. And on the ground, people were starving to death. Okay. So I see an interesting dynamic going on for Elijah and the widow. As a man, Elijah is like a conduit for Yahweh's provision and a covering for the widow during the drought, like a kinsman redeemer living in her guest room. And as a woman, the widow gives Elijah a covering and a protection in the form of her house, right? Um, and her generous hospitality, even with a very little bit, God could use that to provide hospitality so that he is safe, too, and he's provided for. When I imagine myself sitting at her table, I can see the three of them, her and her son and Elijah, eating their simple meal together and just trusting God to keep replenishing the food. There's no more stress. Maybe they invited others in to eat. I can even just hear them laughing at the little boy's antics and swapping stories over the weeks that he was her house guest. Maybe the widow asked questions about this strange idea of having one God. How does that work? These might have become happy memories. God used their friendship to restore their broken lives and bless each other. So later in the passage, 
um, the widow's son gets gravely ill and he dies, Elijah cries out and begs God to return the boy's life. And you can tell, by the way, Elijah carries the little boy to his bed and cries out and begs God for the boy's life, that these are the cries of a true friend. When you read the the words, the mother, (laughs) God is so amazing. He brings the boy back to life. This is the first resurrection written in the Bible. So this didn't happen before. The mother is shocked and overjoyed. Um, So back to my own story. I'd been trying to explore God, as I told you, but I got gun shy after visiting a church. Okay, but after some months passed, an unexpected thing happened to me. Um, I experienced a tough breakup from a relationship. And um, even though I was really sad about the loss of that friendship, that relationship, um, all of a sudden, I had a lot more freedom on the weekends. (laughs) Amen. So (laughs) I decided to give church another shot. After all, I was feeling sad, and I thought, maybe it might help. (laughs) So you see, for many years, I had an empty space in my heart that nothing I pursued could satisfy. But the world was telling me that certain things would give me a happy life. Travel, books, relationships, a satisfying career, fun stuff. If I would just do more and work harder at it, at the relationships, at the art career, doing all the right things, that my blood, sweat, and tears would all pay off, and someday I would be happy. (laughs) But that was not true. (laughs) I had been working really, really hard at all of that, but the void in here didn't go away. Mysteriously, this was a void that only God could fill, and I didn't really know that yet. A heartache only God could heal. And the interesting thing was, much like Elijah and the widow, God used his people to start to minister to that void and restore my broken life through friendships. It would have been good to just go to church on Sunday because church is good. But in order to fill that space in my heart, I had to go from good to great. Great meant I had to not just go to church, but allow my heart to welcome the stranger. And the stranger in my life was Jesus. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I had to make space for him in my heart, which I did. Spoiler alert, I did. I, I (laughs) I, I offered him my flour and oil, what little faith I had, and God filled my need and became my redeemer, my friend. And uh, later on, uh, I got to know people through a small group. Going there was almost like Jesus himself was introducing me to his friends. He's like, you've got to meet Pashka. You're going to love this girl. You have to meet Paul. He's hilarious. You know, it was like he, his friends, he was introducing me to his friends, sharing his friends with me. And before this, I had plenty of good friends, but I had never had Christian friends before. So soon I said yes to helping to start a new small group and then 
the Lord introduced me to <laughs> Danny Tao. <laughs> okay, so then I, I'm going to hit the fast forward button. Okay, so we, we came to PT. Mia was only four. And Evan was only seven back then. They're going to be, Evan's taller than me. Mia's almost taller. Getting there. We've been at PT for seven years now. And it has been so amazing to grow in friendship with you. And, um, you know, scripture says that godly friendships are like iron sharpening iron. Um, And God reveals a fuller picture of himself to me through um, more deeply knowing others and feeling known. When you eat with someone, the walls come down. And when you pray with someone, the walls really come down. Um, In fact, a highlight I want to share is that six years ago, I attended a small group that was led by Lady Carmen. And one night in this sanctuary, a bunch of small groups combined for a gathering. And Elder Jenny and Elder Anita prayed for my hands because at the time I was suffering from tendinitis for about a year. I was in pain. Even just opening a door or washing dishes was painful. Um, That night they prayed for me. The pain went away, and it has not come back for six years. (laughs) Amen. 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 So that God healed me through the laying on of hands, with friends and the spoken prayers of friends in the presence, the physical presence of friends. So I want to give a shout out to my uh, my current small group. If you're in my small group, the walking walking group, can you just stand up for a second? I want to acknowledge you and have people recognize you. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so we've walked together for two years and we've prayed for all kinds of needs and just showing up and being there for each other. Um, I just want to thank you guys. Um, You've really enriched my life. Thanks. (laughs) Amen. Um, If anyone here is not in a small group yet, I encourage you. I encourage you. um, Spice Hub can help you with that, okay? I think in our, our challenge in the 21st century, though, is that we just have to try to be accessible. Being accessible becomes so much harder with technology and busyness, um, but, and, and phones are good, you know, but they're not great. Great is really showing up in person, ready for a miracle, ready for laying on of hands, um, sharing life together, mutual benefit. Uh, the, uh, the sign for friendship and sign language. love that because it shows that you're showing up for each other and it's mutual it's in action it's dynamic so what if the widow was inaccessible what if she said no i don't give handouts to strange israelites <laughs> if she had said no she and her son would have both died right she there would be no story of her and elijah and the miracles that happened at her kitchen table there would not have been this unlikely friendship between a pagan and an Israelite, the foretaste of what God would do by opening the curtain later to allow non-Israelites to be adopted by a redeemer. Their story goes on to say that many months passed, and then God called Elijah to stand up to King Ahab again. He was being called to take his ministry to the next level with Yahweh's rain contest on Mount Carmel. 
All right. So read chapter 18 if you want to hear about the showdown of Yahweh versus Baal. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Kids, read it. Read it. Okay. It's funny, too. It's funny. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm betting that Elijah's time with the widow strengthened him, right? God knows it's not good for man to be alone, even if you're a major prophet. In this case, I believe that it was through friendship that Elijah's inner iron was sharpened and ready for spiritual battle. So I'm really glad that the widow said yes. And I'm glad that I'm still saying yes to God and yes to friends who strengthen and sharpen me as God restores my broken life. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you again for letting me share. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.